We are continuing our sermon series, Bless. We've been working through this for those last few weeks. Bless is this acronym of uh, B-L-E-S-S. And starting in really what it is, it's a way to remember or to remind ourselves of missional habits, habits that missionaries have to connect with people, to put us in position to be a blessing to others. Not to try and figure out ways to get people to think what we think or do what we do, but actually to, to be a blessing to them, to encourage them in this faith that we have that has meant so much for us, that has changed our lives, that has changed who we are. That's the point of BLESS. That's the point of this series. And if you remember, uh, I mean, it's quite a few weeks ago, almost over a month ago, where we talked about the fact that we began with Jesus as he went, as he was approaching Jericho, and he met this little guy, Zacchaeus, who had to climb up into a tree. And we saw how Jesus is on mission. Jesus came, God, as a missionary, um, to tell others this amazing news about who he is and what he was doing. And if we follow Jesus, then it makes sense that we are missionaries too. Uh, most of us aren't headed to Argentina for the next couple of years, but God has called us to mission work here in this community, to bless others, to encourage others in faith right here in this area, right here in our community. And we talked to you the next week, we talked about the, the B, bless. Uh, the B is to begin with prayer, that everything begins with prayer. I mean, there's, um, for any of us who've uh, tried talking with people or encouraging people in, our faith, in their faith, you have seen how you sometimes, the things you say, you think you've got a really great uh, um, argument or a really great encouragement for someone, and they just say, yeah, thanks. <laughs> you know, or you've seen times where you said absolutely the wrong thing. You go away thinking like, oh, why did I say that? And then someone says, you know what you said a couple weeks ago, uh, I don't know what happened, but I want to follow Jesus now. <laughs> so we see how we need God's Holy Spirit. Um, so we need to pray and to pray for people. And we talk some too about the L of, of to listen, listen with care. And what a gift it is in our culture, in our culture that moves so fast where people are so busy just that they take the time to listen to people. Then we talked about E, about eating together, which is, again, one of my favorites. I know I say that every time, but um, to eat together with people. We saw in Jesus how he brought people into his circle. He ate with people to show that you too are part of God's kingdom. Um, so eating together, and it's a great way, just sitting together around a meal, the amazing conversations you can have that come so naturally over a cup of coffee or around a dinner table. And then last week we talked about S, about serving with love, about how important it is, how powerful it is, especially today in this community where people that we live, you know, talk is, is good and we're going to get to that in a minute, um, but um, serving people practically showing them, demonstrating, living this faith that we, that we have is so powerful, especially in our community. Well, this week we're on the final S of BLESS uh, to share our story, uh, sharing our story about um, what God has done in our lives. And uh, I was thinking about it this week that, you know, I'm, over the years of following Jesus now, sharing my story has become easier it just, I've, you know, part of it's from practicing, giving it thought, um, sharing it quite a few times with people now about how uh, God has brought me into this new relationship with him and how he's changed my life. And, you know, it's interesting, just actually last, uh, last week, uh, last Sunday, uh, I was talking with a friend of mine at a baseball game. So our kids play baseball together, and we were standing there talking at the fence. And he made some joke kind of like, you know, it's like, have you always been a pastor? And I made a joke back, like, you know, since I was three, I started. And, yeah, and I haven't been the pastor that long. 
you know, sometimes people think like, you know, like you just hatch or something as a pastor. But no, it's like God um, is at work in us. And, and so anyways, then I got to share with them my story. And, you know, we're just, you know, watching our kids play and I'm just, we're just leaning on the fence. Uh, and I get to share with him some about, like, kind of God's, my journey and how God was drawing me. And it was just so natural because I was just telling him my story. Now, I know that, that it can be challenging for some people. It can be terrifying to share your testimony, right? I mean, how many of you have asked you, like, hey, would you be willing to share your testimony? And you think, or you say to me, how about next month? Or how about in a few more months? Or how about next year? Because it can be terrifying. And these are people who love you, and let alone when you're out with someone who um, may think differently than you. And I was thinking about that some, why sharing our testimony is so challenging, so scary. And part of it is because uh, we're afraid, maybe, maybe some of you are afraid that you'll be ridiculed because of it. That maybe somebody that you have known a long time or somebody that you've just met, which is interesting on its own self and altogether, um, who may ridicule you, who may make fun of you, or who may say something um, hurtful about, about your faith. You know, so it's, it's scary that way. I also think some of you, too, is, and I know we feel this in our culture, where we're maybe a little bit scared because we don't want to offend somebody by talking about our faith. You know, and we live, some people are really, really sensitive to that. They get angry. You just start mentioning God or Jesus or how God has changed our lives. And, and that, that's true. So I understand the fear of it. And so I was wondering, how can we, what can we learn from Scripture? How can we learn to share our story? And, you know, as, there's quite a few different places, but one of the things, the story that has always struck me about sharing our faith and how simple it can be is uh, Jesus, when he meets this Samaritan woman at a well, uh, in John's Gospel. And if you want to open your Bibles to John 4, uh, verse 1, it's also in your bulletins. Uh, if you want to read along, it's pretty small, but um, if you want to just listen as well, sometimes it's helpful because I'll, I'll read the whole story. So uh, listen to this. This is um, Jesus meets this woman. He says, uh, The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not just Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had, go, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. So it's kind of like middle of the day, hot part of the day. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. Now, we don't know this. Today, it's pretty natural for us to ask you know, a woman uh, if she would give us something. You know, it's, For guys, it's pretty natural in our culture to talk with women. But in Jesus' day, uh, men didn't really talk with women that way. It was um, pretty untoward. So, The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. When can, where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flock and his herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. 
He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. No one asked, but no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Come, could this, sorry, could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now the harvest, even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, and many more, or because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. So this is a long story, uh, especially in the Gospels, and there's lots there. And, you know, no doubt this is a story about Jesus going across boundaries to bring even the most surprising of people into his kingdom. But this morning, as we talk about sharing our story, I especially wanted to focus in on the woman, the Samaritan woman, and learn from her how we can share our stories about Jesus being on mission, going to talk with her, about him raising up a disciple who then goes and makes more disciples, about how we can share our story. So, first of all, uh, the Samaritan woman. What can we learn from her? Well, first of all, and I'm grateful that things are different in our day, but in Jesus' day, the fact that she was a woman was a major obstacle for her to share the gospel. I mean, it's... if. You know, we read it today and we think, oh, well, that's, that's really nice of Jesus. And, you know, she seems like a great lady. And, but in the ancient world, uh, readers would have thought, Jesus, what are you doing? You're talking with a woman. What good is she going to be able to do to spread this gospel? Don't you know that men really only listen to men? So the fact that she's a woman is already, in a way, a strike against her. And not only that, but the trouble is she has a pretty troubled past. Jesus said, 
You know, you had five husbands and the husband you're with now is not your husband. You know, we, things, again, things are very different in our culture, but in Jesus' day, that meant not only was she a woman, but she was the sort of woman that nobody even wanted to associate with. And we kind of pick that up in the story. If you know a little bit about ancient Near Eastern culture, the fact that it said six hours, the middle of the day, or, or uh, around noon, and, um, and um, the fact that she's there alone. You know, usually women would come early in the morning to get water when it was cool and you could carry it back and it wasn't hot. And she's here alone because it's probably difficult for her to be around other ladies. So not only is she a woman, but she's also uh, the wrong kind of woman, so to speak. Okay? And she becomes this missionary. She's the one who goes to the village and begins telling people. And you know, we get a glimpse of what she told them, right? It was a giant, elaborate uh, evangelism speech, right? No. No, she told them, Get, you, you will never believe this. I met this guy who told me everything I've ever done. Could he be the Christ? That was it. That was her great evangelism speech, her great evangelism sermon. Super simple. And it's just her story, just her experience. She didn't come, she didn't have to say, you know, wait, Jesus, I want to go to share my story with others. Can I meet with you for the next three months to earn a certificate in evangelism so that I can go and share this with them? No. No, she just went and shared her story. Come meet this man who told me everything I've ever done. I think this might be the Messiah. This might be the Christ. So we learn from her that, you know, God's not so concerned about what kind of person you are. You know, maybe you think like, you know, Jason, I'm, I'm just not good at speaking or I've got this trouble in my past. Like, who's going to listen to me? Learn from this woman. I mean, she had all those things. And she just tells this very basic good news. This very basic, she shares her story. And begin to see. And you start learning that, you know, when we go to share our story, it doesn't have to be elaborate. You know, I talked to you last week, sharing my story with my friend at, the, my, at our boys' soccer game. It wasn't elaborate. It wasn't difficult. I didn't have to, he said, you know, have you, you know when would you become a pastor? And you know, then I didn't have to say, well, here, let me check my notes before I tell you my story. No, I just started telling him. I just started talking with him about what God has done in my life. So it doesn't have to be elaborate. And here's the thing, too. <clears throat> it's interesting is that in our culture, and this time, sharing our story actually is one of the most compelling things. It's interesting to me. You know, there's times when having a logical, a rational argument for why you should believe that was what was most compelling to people. And there's still a few people like that, for sure. But by and large, I have found that my personal story is way more compelling, way more interesting to most people I meet when I'm talking with them about faith. Part of it, I think, is our culture that we live in. We live in a time where um, large truths, you know, like I believe that the gospel is true for everyone, those truths aren't, uh, there's a lot of people who say, you know, I don't believe in that sort of stuff, and I'm more interested in what's true for you. And it's called relativism. It's called, uh, in our culture, it's pluralism, where there's lots of different ideas, and each idea is, is um, in our culture at least, is honored and respected. Um, 
for all the complications with all that, the good thing is, is that people, they respect your story. So for us to share our story, even though they may not agree with it, they will usually at least be respectful, which is a great opportunity for us. You know, and so it's interesting because what that means is if we sit down with someone or if we're talking with someone, and like, for example, if I had been at that baseball game and I would have said to my friend, you know, you know, have you been a pastor? And, you know, and I make a joke, you know, about being hatched as a pastor or whatever. And then if I went into five reasons why every person should be a Christian, he probably would ask me just, you know, wait, 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 like, no thanks. But because I started sharing my story, I had to say all the things that I needed to say about what God has done in my life, about who Jesus is, about when the bottom fell out of my life, that I, that I knew Jesus was the only one who would ever be there. And I could talk with him about how God has redeemed my life since that moment. And now I'm looking for opportunities to share, him, or share with him the story of, of the whole gospel. But it, the point I wanted to make is that sharing our story, it doesn't have to be elaborate. We don't have to be qualified or have a certificate in it. It's your story. You already know it. And people want to hear it. It's amazing that it can be actually one of the most compelling things to help people begin following Jesus, to encourage them in faith, is sharing our story. And like I said, our culture is already uh, set to hear our stories, to, re to be respectful at very least. They might go away thinking, like, well, I don't really agree with that. But they will hear your story. And you'll be surprised that people that will come back uh, weeks, months, maybe even years later and say, you know, I remember what you said about how God had changed your life and I want to know more about it. So we learn from this woman that it doesn't have to be elaborate, that we can share our story. But I wanted to say this too, as important as it is for us to share our story and as, as natural as that might be as a way for us to begin talking with someone about our faith or about faith in general, I also want to encourage you that we also have to share the story. So we have to share our story, but at some point we need to also share the story, the gospel, the good news. Even in this story with the woman at the well, with the Samaritan woman, Jesus shares with her bits of the story. Talk to her about this, this uh, spring of living water. If you had this water, this water would well up into, into eternal life. And he talked to her about one day the worshipers will worship in, in spirit and in truth. And he also talked with her too when she said that, you know, about uh, there, we know of a Christ who will come and he says, I, I am he. That Jesus is that Christ. So he's talking about the big story, this idea of eternal life, living water, uh, worshiping in spirit and truth, um, but also too that the Messiah, there is a Messiah and that Jesus is this Messiah. These are all big story, the story, gospel things. So we need to tell people the story. And it doesn't have to be elaborate, even at that. You know, as, as much as I said how important it is for us to share um, our story, if all we do is share our story, people can just write it off and like, well, that's nice, that worked for you. Oh, that's, that's a great story of how God is at work in your life. I don't know if it's the same for me. So people can uh, dismiss it or just um, write it off. But if, if they're listening to our story and we use this as a way to connect with them, to share how meaningful faith can be in our lives. They get a glimpse of, you know, faith isn't just for other people. It's not just doctrine, but it also changes people's lives. Maybe that opens them up to begin sharing the story, this amazing story of how God loved us so much 
despite our brokenness, despite our sinfulness, God took on flesh and lived among us. That God came and dwelt among us, teaching us how to live, what it looked like to follow God, what his kingdom looked like, what God our Father looked like. He showed all of these things. And if, if that weren't enough, then he also uh, willingly went to the cross on our behalf and sacrificed everything, his life, everything, even separation from God on our behalf so that we might be reconciled. And Jesus, hanging on the cross, crucified, died. But in doing that, he redeemed us. He saved us from our sin, from our brokenness. He defeated sin. He defeated uh, Satan. All of this at the cross, reconciling us to our Father in heaven. And if he would have stayed dead, we could have drawn still, I think it still would have been one of the most amazing moments in human history. We still would realize that we've been made right with God, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again on the third day, showing us that death has been defeated. Showing us that everything that he said, everything that he did, everything that he taught was true because he is the Son of God. Because he rose again. And then he didn't just rise again and then ride off into the sunset. He taught for 40 days with his disciples. And then he ascended to God's right hand. And he sits at God's right hand even today. He is already Lord Lord of Lords, King of Kings. God's kingdom has broken into this world and it begins changing us even now. That's, in a nutshell, the story. And I didn't have notes and I didn't have to read it from something. I could just tell you of who Jesus is, the bigger story. So it's important for us to tell our story of how we came to faith, but we also need to look for opportunities to share the story of who Jesus is. It's It's not just enough to say how we came to faith. We also need to talk with people or look for that opportunity when our relationship will bear the weight of it, to not just tell people how we came to faith, but also talk with them about the faith that we came to. So they understand that this this good news of Jesus is not just something I happen to find for me, but it's important, it's valid for all of us. It's meaningful, it's salvation for every person who would believe into him. So it's important for us to share our story and the story. But maybe some of you are asking, you know, how do I do this? You know, Jason, you're a pastor, okay? It's your job. How do the rest of us do this? Well, let me just say, it doesn't have to be complicated. Like as we watch this woman at the well, her, um, her sharing her story wasn't elaborate. But I also realized, too, that how important uh, for us, how important prayer is for us to share and to begin with praying. And that's the first B of this whole blessed sermon series that we've been going through is to begin with prayer. But I also want to say this. If we begin with prayer, we should continue with prayer throughout the whole thing. Continue praying for people. One, that the Holy Spirit would be at work in our conversation. The Holy Spirit would be uh, at work in us. Um, there'd be at work in the situation that the Holy Spirit would provide opportunities to share our story or to share the story with people. We pray that the Holy Spirit would give us the words to speak, you know, so we can trust in Him. Even if we mess up and we say the wrong thing or we stutter all the way through, that the Holy Spirit would continue to give us the words to speak. And then the last thing is that the Holy Spirit would, would provide the growth, that we would faithfully plant seeds about our story, 
about what God has done in us, about the story, about who Jesus is, about the reality of our sin and brokenness and the fallenness of humanity and that God came to save all of us and that he's coming again, that we can share all of these seeds of our story and the story, but ultimately the Holy Spirit would provide the growth. That he'd be the one who helps people just hear that and think, you know, I don't, can't explain it, but I think I want that. I think I want to be a part of that. So we pray. We begin with prayer and we continue with prayer. In terms of sharing our story, I've heard it, I mean, there's lots of different things you can do, but one that has been the most easy uh, for me that I think about is um, thinking in terms of B.C. and A.D., you know, like, um, you know, 200 years B.C. and 280. Um, But even our lives have a B.C. and an A.D. uh, component to them. So B.C., our lives before Christ. And I was talking with my friend at the baseball game. I was talking about what I was like uh, before Jesus. And, and my story is, uh, you know, God's been at work since I was a little kid. But in, when I was in high school and college, I, I, had, I had a lot of doubts. And when I was in college, uh, I mean, many of you have told you this, like I, I drank a lot most weekends. I was partying with my football buddies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and about how, um, um, like what my life was like before. And then I talk with them, like, when the bottom fell out of everything, I realized that Jesus is the only one who would always be there. And my next thought was, if this is what I really believe, then I'm going to start living for him. I'm not going to try and do both worlds anymore, where I live most of my life, have everybody else, and then, you know, go to church occasionally. But I'm going to start following you, Jesus. And then I started talking with them about what God has done in my life since then. About this amazing family I have and this place where we live and this church family that I'm a part of. How God has redeemed me. So this is the, the AD part. The, the year of our Lord. What happened to me after I began following Jesus. So we think of our... You can just tell your story just that basically. The BC part, the before Christ part. The, the moment, the time when God changed our life, and then the AD part, <laughs> how God has been at work. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to give like, a, like the rosy, you know, everything went perfect after I started following Jesus because most people, um, that's not our experience. And we still have difficulty, um, for sure. And I think, too, for a lot of people, that can help them. You know, because that's unfortunately something that happens in Christianity is people get the idea that, oh, if I start following Jesus, everything's supposed to be perfect from now on. And then things aren't perfect for them. They start thinking, am I doing something wrong? Or is Jesus not as powerful as I thought? We can tell them that God has been at work in redeeming us. And the other thing, too, is just, um, so the B.C. and the A.D., what life was like before Christ and what it was like after Christ. But we can also just um, be mindful of how much, or the situation that we're in. Um, how much time we have. You know, I'm, I'm talking with my friend um, as we're leaning on the fence watching our boys play baseball. You know, that's probably not the time where I'm going to take, you know, half an hour or 45 minutes to go through my testimony. I mean, I could, you could talk for, you know, my, many of us could talk for hours about, like, how God has been at work in our life. Um, but, you know, there's times when it's like 30 seconds. There's times when it takes literally, like, just like less than a minute to share what our life was like before how we came to faith, what God was doing, and what it's been like since. So just to be mindful of the time. 
So I hope that, you know, as you're thinking about, like, sharing your story and sharing the story, one that, like, it doesn't have to be elaborate. That you can begin with prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to guide you, to provide opportunities, to bring fruit out of what you say. And then just as simply as what your life was before Jesus, what happened when you began believing him, and how it's been since. Just that simple. I've been thinking about this because, you know, it's part of our blessed series about sharing our story, but also, too, about this phrase. Um, it's attributed to St. Francis, though lots of debate whether he actually said this or not, but many of us have heard that phrase or that saying, you know, preach the gospel always. When necessary, use words. And I love that saying for one, actually, for one thing, and I hate that saying for another, but I'll get to that in a second. I love that saying because it's so true, especially in our community. One of the most powerful ways we can proclaim the gospel is actually living it and serving others in love. That speaks volumes to people in our community. I know because that's what I've seen the most valuable when we're talking about faith. As people in our community, serving others in love is by far the most powerful. The thing is, uh, we often say, preach the gospel always when necessary, use words. And what I hear some people meaning, and this is how I've often read it, was when being like in those rare times when it's necessary, use your words. And actually, I was reading it this week, and actually someone explained it the other way, said when it's necessary. The assumption being is that it's always necessary. There comes a point when it's always necessary to share our faith to share the story, to share our story. There's a part when serving people, there's always a part where it's absolutely necessary to talk with them about like our faith, how we came to faith, but also the gospel, the good news. Because there are people, and I've known people in our community who, um, I wonder if they're Christians, but I don't know. Because there are people in our community who are not Christians who are not um, um, believing God in any sort of way, yet they're really kind and they serve people and they do kind things. And there are some people, like, if we do those things, people might just think, oh, they're just really nice. They are great neighbors. That's great. It's good to live by them. And in our mind, we're thinking, like, oh, they probably know I'm a Christian. That's, you know, you know, they probably get it. They see what I'm doing and they know that um, I follow Jesus. You know, some people might ask you, but there's a lot of people who may never make that connection. So why risk it? Like, why assume that just by the way we do things, that people know what we believe? I think we have to make the connection for people. Preach the gospel always. Always practice or live our, live our lives in ways that, that tell people, that show people, that demonstrate to people that we love Jesus in ways that help them maybe love Jesus one day as well. And when it comes time, when it's necessary, use words because it's always necessary. At some point, it's always necessary for us to make the connection, for us to share our story and to share the story. Amen.